good, the bad, the ugly. Welcome to Sustain Nutrition's podcast, Chewing the Fat, where Joe and James will be discussing all things good, bad and ugly regarding training and nutrition. So pull up your pants, put your best foot forward and get ready for some serious oral pleasure. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Joe and James. Sustain Nutrition. Chewing the Dog Fat Podcast. Episode 61. 61, what do you know that? Soissons et I don't know what the German is. No, me neither. Um, Joe, what are we talking about? How to Merry s- New Year! Smash 2020. I think I said something about top 10 fat loss tips to smash or make smash 2020 awesome. <laughs> You're right. 2020. <laughs> I feel a little bit stroky. <laughs> Too many sherries. <laughs> yes. Right. So happy New Year, guys! It's the time. Where's Fenton Water to go? It's the time when everyone's thinking about fat loss. Everyone's gearing up. All I guys from Consistent Christmas. Fucking smashed it! Can't wait to hear their results. Um, let's get to it. Let's make this your fucking league this year yet. Since birth. Since ever. Unless you're my nephew, who is the fattest baby I've ever seen. God, no, but then it'll that's going to be his grow. fattest year. But... He'll grow and then he'll get all skinnier than fat again. He's got a fat Achilles, which is quite impressive. Impressive. I like when they get, well, Mike's got like little fat wrists. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I pretend to eat like a collar of the cob today. He loved it. I don't even like collar of the cob. I don't like veg. He gets stuck in my teeth, <laughs> funnily enough. <laughs> right, anyway, so we're going to go through 10, they're not exclusive. Inclusive? No, they are inclusive, but they're not the only tips. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> right, let's get started. These are our top 10 in no particular order with no particular place to go. Number one, goal setting. Joe, why goal setting? Because so many people will start on their fat loss journey and fail. And one of the reasons is because they haven't accurately assessed why they're doing this they don't have something to to hold on to they're not aware of kind of the the real pertinent parts of their of where they're struggling so that when they do struggle they forget kind of what's important to them and make the wrong decisions and fall back to their old habits yeah it's very easy to kind of take your eye off the ball if you don't invest enough kind of time and emotion and effort into your goal setting and i get it because it can be quite painful to take like a long, hard look at yourself stood on the top of a mirror, naked. <laughs> Don't do that. My art teacher tried to get us to do that. Yeah? I didn't do it. Um, he didn't ask to be present. But anyway, that is possibly a different podcast. Um, you know, we've done numerous podcasts on goal setting and just why it is so important. But, you know, one of the kind of examples that I use with people is when they kind of say like, oh... You know, they'll come up with a, your, your generic goal of, I want to lose weight. I want to feel fitter. I want to feel healthier. And it's just crap. Isn't it? It's just wishy-washy. It's, you know, that's kind of part of the process that you want, but it's not particularly the goal. Um, and then it's very easy to lose focus. Then you get clients just going, I don't know why I, I keep on self-sabotaging or doing this or doing that. 
And it's because the goal's not strong enough. And I, the example I say is, if I said to you, right, for the next, for all of January, I want you to eat perfectly, kind of to whatever plan you're following. I want you to go to the gym three times a week for an hour each time. Um, I want you to take 10,000 steps every day. And at the end of January, if you complete all those things, I give you a million pounds. Would you be able to do it? Yes. People will stay super focused because the goal, the outcome, would mean enough to them. So you need to make your goals worth a million pounds to you. <clears throat> and a lot of people will say things like, well, if you have ever said, I am losing motivation or I've lost motivation, then this is something that you have to do because you've forgotten why you started and forgotten why it was so important to you in the beginning. And, you know, as James just alluded to, a million pounds is something that would be really important to a lot of people. And fat losses too. You know, we do read some really painful questionnaires, but then people forget about this pain because often because they believe that food adds more to their lives and they forget about... The pain that's there, yeah, yeah. And, and how and how hard it was, or how hard their lives are, when they just fall back into this like recurring theme or pattern of habits. So I'm very conscious that we don't want to end up spunking the entire podcast on goal setting because we do have a goal setting podcast available. Mm. But it's important to look at what your goal. Is. So if your goal is weight loss, then look at why that is important. Why you know how will your life be um, improved? by losing weight, you know, who's set to gain from you losing weight, mm. you know, what, how, you know, how different is your life, your health, your happiness, you know, and that kind of starts digging more and deeper into your goal and you keep asking yourself again, so if you want to lose weight because you want to feel more confident, why is that important to you? You know, what do you like about your life right now that you want to change? And yeah, kind of knowing what you want, why you want it, and then you can figure out how you're going to get it. Mm. I don't know talking this for too long otherwise yeah go check out the goal setting podcast and the uh, ditch the scales and process best goals podcast as well they're very very good and very informative and obviously go into it much deeper than this cool next one leverage ooh another one another great one for kind of keeping you on the straight and narrow is adding some leverage so leverage could be um, sign up for an event Um, you know me and Joe, we've both got in the best shape of our lives, I think you'll agree. Mm-hmm. Well, we've had leverage. That leverage was photo shoot. So you know, at this set date, it's like a forced deadline. At this set date, if I turn up and I've not done the work that I feel I should have, then it's going to show. What would be good examples of leverage then? Uh, like a, a tough mudder or you know anything like that. I think... Do you think it has to have a date to it? Is that what it's Yes, because if not, it's very easy for me to say, (laughs) I'm going to try and lose some weight and then I can keep on moving the goalposts. If you have, like, something that forces your hand, whereas you know, in eight weeks' time, I'm going to go to this event and if I've not got stronger, you know, I won't be able to do the monkey bars. If I've not done my cardio, then I'm going to, if I'm not eating well, then I'm not going to be light enough to do this. It just forces that hand. It's something that's in the back of your mind that's going to push you forward. Hmm, very good. <laughs> yeah, you can elaborate on that a bit. I think it just depends what um, what kind of person you are. And a lot of people are very um, time frame orientated as the success of our kind of challenges have shown is that when you put some pressure on in that sort of sense that people tend to respond quite well to it because of the, the fear of not doing very well. Whereas if you don't have that, is you can just go on and on and on and keep delaying it and keep pushing back. And, and this is what you see from people who aren't very successful is that you can always start again on Monday or it's not that, you know, it's not too bad that I didn't do that well here because, you know, I know I'll get there in the end. But you, we, I hear an awful lot of people say that and an awful lot of people 
of those who don't get there in the end because they've just delayed it and pushed it back. And so you do need to have some urgency with what you do if you want to get a decent result. You know, the more urgency you have, the more pressure there's going to be on and odds on the faster you're going to achieve it. Horses for courses. Some people don't react very well to this, in which case don't do it. But if it does work well for you, then keep setting new goals because often people will go, I did really well for three months and then I stopped. Well, why do you stop? Could you have set another goal? Could you have worked towards something else? Like, yeah, of course you could. So that would be the, the focus there. Yeah, it's a fast kind of productivity. Like being at school, mm. if your teacher just like, here's all the work for the year, just do it whenever you want. In your own time. Yeah, you're never going to do it. But if you're like, here's your assignment, this needs to be in, in two weeks' time, then you're forced to have done that work. Or at least 13 days in, you've got to crack on. Yeah. Or you're going to end up with GCSEs like mine. <laughs> And that's why. Running really? no, nutrition coach. Now I'm a full-time nutrition coach. Um, and same thing work as well. Right, so moving on. Sensible pace. This is a tricky one. I quite enjoy this one because you get, you know, we are the start of January. We are going to have a lot of people logging their food and saying, I had some Nando's Perinades today. Sad face, angry face. I've ruined yeah. my diet. And people are so quick to try and be perfect. And this is why you need to look at where you've struggled before and, some of the things that I've been doing myself recently is I've just been recording kind of the... I don't off- think we could talk about those. <laughs> <laughs> I've been recording some of the off-plan food I've been having. And then that can help you be aware of how much you actually need to change. And if I was to read through my Christmas diary, then it becomes apparent that I don't need to be worrying about perinase and tomato sauce. Is I need to be looking at my alcohol consumption and refined carbs and processed foods and you know the, the big chunks of calories that are coming in it's not bread and pasta for me it's when I have you know because you bought me jelly babies then it's things like that <laughs> that's, and then that's how you can learn from this and, and decide how much you need to change at once is that often people just do far too much and cut back on everything then they find the whole process a drag and and sack it off which is just ridiculous because you can choose the pace that you go at Yes, indeed, you know, a nice analogy. You know, just like running, you just need to set off at a sensible pace because if you've got set off sprinting, it's not going to last long. You're going to be left wheezing. And just like running, if you are 20 stone, you haven't done any running for the past 10 years, then you're going to need to start a lot slower because you're not going to be able to cut back on all of these things that have caused you to, to get to this higher weight. You have more bad habits to, or more destructive habits to undo that have been ingrained for longer. So you've just got to be, well, I don't want to say the word, because I think it's one of your things later. You've just got to be, uh, I don't want to say patient. Go at, the right, go at the right pace for you. Yeah, and it's also not necessary for yeah. the majority of the time. You need to, you know, you need to improve what you're doing right now and then adjust as you go along. But to just completely overhaul everything, so, you know, you start going to spin five times a week, you go to boot camp three times a week, you hit the magic 10,000 steps every day, yowza. Um, you know, you completely change your nutrition to having shakes and soups and salads, you're just going to burn out too quick and it's going to be a horrific journey for you. Mm. So, yeah, sensible pace for me. Log it or lose it. Obviously, one of the fundamental tenets of the sustained philosophy is to get people recording their food because then people miraculously become aware of how off-plan they really are. You know, it's... If I had a pound every time someone said to me as a PT or a nutrition coach, I eat quite well most of the time, I would have more pounds than I have now because a lot of people just have no idea what they're really eating. I'd have as many pounds as I weigh. <laughs> I'd have a few more than that too. There's so many 
little bits and bats that add up and then when you have an accurate written log is it becomes a lot more transparent you become aware of what you're doing and it's so common isn't it sorry to put in but not sorry not sorry um, when we're kind of onboarding new clients for them to turn around and say I eat really well all week I train four times a week blah blah and then they do the seven day kickstart and then I can't, and I can't lose weight and then they do the seven day kickstart and when they're actually logging their food and they actually are eating better that they lose kind of two, three, four pounds in the first week. So obviously something was awry and it's very easy if you're not logging your food or recording your food. I'm not talking about necessarily about tracking calories or anything like that, but just having a written log of what you're eating. Um, it's very easy to just kind of see the highlights of it. Yeah, see absolutely. the good stuff and ignore the kind of Kit Kat duos. And and it's, it's a funny one, isn't it? Because if you said, if you looked at kind of my food, a lot of the time you could say, well, 80% of it's on plan, like four out of five meals are on plan. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? But yeah. I have five meals a day. Yeah. And if one of those meals is a thousand calorie treat meal, which, you know, it can easily be, then there's no way I'm going to lose weight because I can't have four 600 calorie meals and then throw an extra 400 on top of the last meal. So it's, you have to look at kind of your calories as a percentage. And if you've got, you know, a lot of our female clients will need to be on 1200 calories to lose weight, then you can't get away with having a meal off plan every two days because it's going to throw those numbers way out. You're going to end up taking loads more calories than you need. So yeah, just by logging your food, it'll make you more conscious of the choices that you're making as well as you have something to reflect back on if you need to adjust and you can see where you can pull out some calories. You can be more conscious of the the way that your meals and your days and your weeks constructed. So mm. quite often we'll kind of see people who might go like a high fat breakfast, a high fat lunch, a high fat dinner when that's just gonna to be too much for them. If you're not logging that, then you just think, well, I mean, I'm picking really healthy meals. You start for the yard again. No. <laughs> you know, I'm picking really healthy meals. I don't know why I'm not losing weight. And these are the kind of things that you can then look back and go, right, well, you had, you know, whatever, pork sausages and poached eggs for your breakfast. You had, I don't know, whatever. Same for your lunch. <laughs> yeah, chicken, bacon, avocados, whatever. Anyway, so log it. Moving on. Yeah, the next one ties into log it to lose is accountability. So a lot of our clients will say, especially on the kickstart, you'll find people who do really well, they'll log their food and go, well, I'm just going to keep logging it on my own because this has worked really well. It's quite a simple system. I'll just keep losing weight. And the, the big issue is accountability is that people have been accountable to themselves their whole lives. If you look at your current habits, your body fat, your body shape, then that is... The results of you being a gamble An assessment of your current skill set and, and what you can do. So if that's not working, then you need to outsource this to someone who knows what they're doing and someone who can keep you in line. And that is why when people log their food and they're accountable, they do really well. And often why they then don't log their food on their own because they're not accountable and because it's, they haven't got someone chasing them. Just keep going. Yeah, we'll go for it. I think it's quite a tough one because a lot of people want to be accountable to themselves, but... If you are 30, 40, 50 years old and you've been struggling with this for decades, then you do need to look at doing something a bit differently. I read a really good book called, what's it called? The Four Tendencies by Gretchen Rubin, who talks about the four different types of people. And one of the biggest groups is obligers. So this is people who are very good at doing things for other people, but not very good at doing them for themselves. So we see mums. this with a lot of our clients, exactly, mums, because they put everyone else before themselves and then they put themselves last. So when they're accountable to themselves, they simply, they can't do it in the nicest terms. So they then, you know, once they have the external pressure of, you know, 
Slimming World, Weight Watchers, perhaps Sustained Nutrition, then they do a lot better because they're worried about letting people down and they, they put these things into perspective a little better. So that's why we tend to find that the way that we work is particularly good with that demographic because it gives them the accountability that they don't have on their own and they do need to be successful. Yeah, I think again, it falls back to almost to the leverage part of, you know, that kind of like teacher or, you know, manager relationship or whatever, where you, like I say, you've got that level of accountability that someone's going to make sure that you've done the work. Mm. And if you don't have that, like I say, it's all well and good being accountable to yourself, but if that's not been working for you previously, then seeking some outside accountability, whatever that is. You know, and you know, some people were like, oh, I'm going to work with my sister, I'm going to work with my friend. That might work, it might not, because, you know, odds are they're going to be very nice to you. Like, oh, don't worry about it. You see that a lot in like the, the Slimming World groups I'm part of, and someone's like, I've had a bad day, I'm going to have a bottle of wine, what should I do? And my immediate thought is, is that going to help? As You know, no, being a coach, and then every comment is just, do it, start again tomorrow, because that's what they'd want to hear themselves. 700 calories in a hole. Crack on. And the rest. Uh, next one, seek help. So, I'm just fresh from the barber's joke. Me too. Now I could <laughs> cut my own hair, but I'll make a fucking mess of it. I look like I've come out of an asylum. <laughs> Try to cut it with a spoon. Um, so don't be afraid to seek medical help. Medical help? Professional help. <laughs> medical help. But yeah, um, God, I don't going wrong. Again, you know, going back to that thing, if you've been struggling with your weight for 20 years or whatever, don't feel... It's almost like it's one of the only industries is kind of like the, the health and fitness and diet industry where people just think, I got this. I can do this on my own. Yeah, you see it in the gym all the time. People just like, uh, I got this. I know what I'm doing. Like, you're just making stuff up. You're yeah. just copying what people have done. Like, I'd never go to the fucking mechanic and be like, uh, my car needs servicing. Can I just use your tools? Give please? me a wrench. <laughs> yeah, I'll fucking figure this out. I've seen <laughs> you do this. I've watched a couple of YouTube videos. Um... You know, if you lack the skill set, you either need to learn it or you need to speak to someone who has it. There has to be an investment of some kind. There has to be taking the responsibility on yourself and investing your time or outsourcing that responsibility and investing your money and paying for the, the privilege of that, which is, you know, working with someone like ourselves or any of the other hundreds of thousands of weight loss businesses out there with people who've done this before and with something that you kind of trust in and believe in. And I think that it's very easy to be misguided and why, you know, the fitness industry has a lot of negativity around it because there are a lot of people who, because the industry is so massive, there's always going to be people selling false promises. And you just have to find people you can trust and who give a, a message that you, you like. You know, I don't just work with sustained nutrition. There's people I pay, yeah. you know, to, to help me because me and James don't have the, the skill set that I need. So it's just outsourcing it and investing where you think that something's worth spending your money. Yeah, I think just, just watch if someone's pushing an agenda. Obviously, why not? <laughs> but, you know, if someone's telling you that you need to buy this certain product, that's an agenda. If someone's telling you that you can only eat, you know, like keto or whatever, then, then that's an agenda. You know, the, the kind of the big part of what we do as coaches is we find what works for clients. Mm. It's not so much, you know, if one of my clients wants to go keto, if they want to do fasting, if they want to do this, and it works for them, then cool, we can work with that. Um, yeah, the only agenda we want to push really is kind of is the value of coaching and accountability. Like a results-driven agenda, isn't it? If someone gets the right results, then that is fine by me, which I find quite hard over Christmas when people are throwing crap food down and then losing a little bit of weight. And I'm like, oh, but you could have lost more. <laughs> but that's just me kind of putting, and that's I think what we both struggled with when we started, yeah. was kind of putting our, not our own agenda, but our own 
desires for the clients across and it's just working with the individual and what they're happy with yes so next one be patient slash i've gone for realistic those two go together nicely like peas and carrots peanut butter and jelly me and you mm, perhaps <laughs> so no don't say anything else so you're the jelly one of the biggest issues we see I is, nuts. is people being shut up impatient with their progress and this is often based on being massively unrealistic about what's possible yeah come on it took you three years to get fat don't expect to lose it all by the 3rd of January yeah everyone everyone wants to lose weight quicker no one has ever said I'm losing weight too fast even that you know the guys and girls that have dropped I've lost 100 pounds in the giver said to me I've lost, I'm losing weight too quickly I'm worried Alec who's just lost four stone yeah you know so there's always going to be always going to want more so just wind your neck in sometimes and you can't expect to be losing weight every week and enjoying yourself you know over Christmas and taking time off from the gym you've just got to weigh up all those contributing factors and just take it Take it steady and just be happy with the progress that you're making. And make sure that you are making progress, but it's not, never going to be as often as you'd like. Yeah, and I think with the the whole kind of realistic thing is um, when people do that thing where they'll have like a, a splurge. You know, not like a splurge, but they'll have maybe like a planned high-calorie weekend and then be disappointed with the results that they get. Because then they'll be like, oh, but it was much better than I'd have previously done. I hope I've not gained too much. Like, you've just... You've made the decision to take to change your actions, so you then have to deal with the reaction. Because you can't go, well, I'd like to eat as much as possible, but not gain too much weight. Well, absolutely, like that's there's every, you know there's no one who wouldn't want to do that. You can't always just get what you want on both sides of the equation. Yeah. But I know, like if I have a really high calorie weekend, then realistically, I'm gonna be like, I'm not gonna to expect to lose weight, or I'm gonna minimize the amount of weight that I've lost. It's just about being realistic. Like I say, you know, we all for kind of better than before choices. Obviously, it's um, very positive from a mindset point of view, but it might not reflect on the scales. I'm all good for having, you know, hopes and expectations, but sometimes you see people being like, I hope I've not gained too much weight or et cetera, et cetera. But if you get on the scales and you're seven pounds lighter or you're seven pounds heavier, you've still got to do the same things that day and the next week and the next month and the next year. You've got to keep eating well, you've got to be consistent, you've got to be mindful, you've got to exercise. So why stress about it? If it's seven pounds down, yeah, cool, be happy about it. But if it's seven pounds up, then what are you gonna do? You know, you can either- Throw your toys out of the, the pram, you can put your hands on your hips, you can stand there, you can frown, you can say it's not fair. But you just gotta, you know, crack on, don't you? Yeah, I was going to give a boring story there. I will give a miss. <laughs> be a, a grown-up about it. Yeah. So moving on. Make it enjoyable. This is a big one. There's no happy ending to an unhappy journey. Hmm. Welcome. Um, so this goes for your food choices and exercise, which we'll touch on later. Um, but yeah, you know... I, Put um, an email out just asking people what their biggest struggles are. I'm going to do a live video on it. And some people just say, like, oh, the food choices, I hate eating salads, stuff like that. Like, don't eat fucking salads. Yeah. Don't do hit if you hate it. Don't try to do he- treadmill sprints if you despise it. Find a way to make it as palatable as possible to you. You see this a lot with food, don't you? People going, I didn't fancy my. Uh, my planned meal, so I ate a load of crap. Yes. Well, a, veg- a vegan steak bake. Yeah. 
delightful. Yeah. I saw some very anemic looking vegan sausage rolls on my uh, drive home of the day. They didn't look brilliant. Were they walking past you? Am I driving? Home? drive home. <laughs> no, they drove past me. <laughs> <laughs> and they, were on, they were on the passenger seat. <laughs> is that you need to make this as enjoyable as possible. You know, some people will just think they have to make it a, a negative process and be like, you know, I hate all veg and I hate all salad and I hate all lean proteins. Well, you're gonna have a really shit time. Yeah, you're you're never gonna fucking figure that out. You're never gonna do this then, are you? Because it's just not gonna work because you're not gonna stick to it for very long. I always enjoy most mornings watching my missus begrudgingly eat her banana and oats because I do. Um, but she just hates it and you just think this is not gonna last for yeah. another six or 12 months, like you're gonna to have to find something different here. And that is on you, you know, I think we say this, I start saying this a lot more to people when they ask for meal ideas, like this is your palate and your diet plan. What do I eat? Well, you know, I eat chili and I eat, uh, you know, Thai beef curry and I eat a sausage meat mix. That's something that, you know, these are the meals that I have. That is useless to you if you don't like those things. So you have to take it upon yourself because this is a skill that people need is to find food they like. And it sounds ridiculous, but if you can't be bothered to do that and you're always outsourcing this and you're always asking someone else, then it's someone else's fault, it's someone else's problem. But it's definitely not. This is your your problem and your obstacle. So you have to find a solution for it because otherwise it's gonna be someone else's fault. It's, it's not gonna work. Yeah, there's gonna be zero longevity to this plan and you're not just gonna do this for three weeks in January. You know, This needs to be a long-term solution or you're gonna end up back to where you are. You know, if you, I'm not happy with the weight you're at right now, and then you lose weight following a certain plan. You can't just go back to the way you were eating before because guess what? You'll get all the weight back. So look for some longevity. Like Joe said, you can't expect someone just to go, you know, like a palm reader go, your favorite meal is <laughs> a shepherd's pie. <laughs> it's, I think people have still got the warped idea of what kind of health foods or diet foods should be. And it's so far from that. It comes back to the point about learning from the past, doesn't it? And that people will say, you know, can I have fajitas? Can I have this? Can I have that? Like, did you get fat from eating too many wraps? Probably not. It's probably from really high calorie food. And then once you've made that adjustment, you can then cut down on the number of wraps you have. So you have one and you have more veg. It really is that simple. If you're, if you're worrying about a certain food, suck it and see. I always like it when someone does like, they're doing like the first two days of a trial and they go, is this it? It's like, well, I can't say you had a mini Mars bar on Monday. That's that's, that's, that's going to make you gain weight next week because I don't know that. And actually, if you lose four pounds, then that's brilliant. That's cool for me. You can only you know, make a decision, see what the impact is, and then judge from there. Everyone wants to be on the perfect plan right away, but it's just not how it works. Yeah, and it's not going to last. No. You need some wiggle room in there. Mm. And you need to, again, eat foods that you enjoy. Cool, next one, support. So Big one. This one is kind of stemming from our client's massive success with something that we kind of introduced towards in the second half of last year, which was the fat loss challenges. And we kind of thought we'd give this a go, give people a little bit of accountability, put a time frame on it and see how it goes. And it works really, really well. Um, we're not entirely sure what the, what the reason is, but the having a support network is an absolutely massive part of this. Um, I think it goes almost into the bit of the obliger stuff again. I think people don't want to let other people down and they feel they're on the same journey as well. Mm, absolutely, rather than kind of doing it on their own, yeah. is that having... Or just having to speak to us. You know, even, you know, it's when we've done challenges. The first one you did was with not that many people, wasn't it? It was like... No, 60. Yeah. 
you know, and it made a massive difference just having that that little bit of support that's just on the end of a phone, no, not on the end of a phone, on the you know, on Facebook, but it's so easily accessed and people who are struggling and people to speak to. And often you see, I feel a lot very sorry for people sometimes when they, they have a really unsupportive group of colleagues or family or partner or kids or whatever it may be. Because it's, it's something can have a massive swing, isn't it? Sometimes you see clients who've got brilliant support networks and you can see every day how that helps when their partners will make them food or will ask them kind of coaching questions or say, you know, what would Joe or James say? Or do you really want this? And they have that that kind of nudge in the right direction, whereas other people have it the other way, which is the nudge in the wrong direction, saying, oh, come on, no, be more fun, we used to do this all the time, it's only one, all these little small percentages that kind of add add up or take away, and it can make a massive difference. It does make a massive difference. Yeah, because it does. If you're in there with someone in the same journey and you can talk about your same struggles, it's again, it's that, I suppose it's the accountability as well of working with someone else, isn't it, that you don't want to let down. It's like having a training partner. Um, it makes a huge difference. Hmm. Quick shout out to Annette Stevenson, by the way, for saying, Hayley Gill, have a look at these guys. They're brilliant at what they do. Which is chat shit. Now, last one, number 10. This. Exercise. Bosh. Done. So, <laughs> one of the things that we don't really push massively in a, from a prescriptive manner is exercise and if you are looking to make 2020 the leanest year you've had then yep. this is a way that you can improve your chances of it tremendously yes it goes back to what point was it uh, number eight make it enjoyable so we will you know with our clients we'll offer them uh, excellent resistance training plans which we believe are going to be optimal for people's fat loss However, we also understand a lot of people don't like lifting weights. They're not boring like us. It can be quite dull for some people and they don't enjoy doing it. So you need to do what you enjoy doing because guess what? You're more likely to do it. You know, if someone turned around and said to me, you need to run three times a week, I'll find every excuse under the sun to not go for that run. I'm going to work late. I'm going to forget my trainers. I'm going to have a bad knee. I can always find all these reasons for doing it. Like if someone says, I always lift weights three times a week, I'm fucking all over that mm. because I enjoy doing it. So even, you know, if you enjoy doing Zumba, Paloxin, Aqua Spin, whatever, that's the thing. That's the thing. That's the actual <laughs> thing. Um, whatever it is that you enjoy doing, do that. It might not be optimal, but you're more likely to do it consistently than doing something that you hate doing. Or you're more likely to do it with more intensity than you're going, ugh, hate this workout and then just fucking assing through it. Doing one half fast chest press session rather than just going out for a 10,000 step walk. Yeah. You burn so many more calories just trotting out a gentle 10K, you know, over the course of a day. Over, over a shit workout, let's not just say. <laughs> 10,000 steps is amazing. Absolutely, it's just making sure, and this is, this is sometimes where you'll see kind of people fall down on the exercise front is they'll say, I did a 45 minute dog walk. Cool. Well, how how old's your dog? Uh, he's 35. I've done I've done this I've done this walk every day for the last 35 years. Well, it's probably not enough then. You know, you've got to again. It's looking at that's that's almost like being banked on it. If you yeah. wanted to elicit a result, you need to do extra. Yeah, you've got to look at kind of the actions and the reactions. So if you've eaten a certain set way for the last three weeks and you've done the same exercise and it's not shifting, then you need to do a little bit more than you've done before in order to. You know, just get your body to do something different. You'll always do what you've always done, you'll always be who you've always been. That's always good, isn't it? Is that 
and that's why the kind of taking things steady, you know, being realistic, you're probably, if you, you know, if you're struggling to hit 5,000 steps a day, going to the gym and putting some hits on the end, it's going to be really hard grind. So just start nice and steady and then build up to it from there. Yeah, that's a whole kind of sensible approach. And that's when it needs to, you need to fall into something that's more, or advice that's more individual, individualized to you, as opposed to following, say, German volume training. <laughs> with bicycles try to kick yeah treadmill hit on the end because it's not necessary like just said if you average out you know when people are around about the 10k thing 10,000 steps people go I want to hit 10,000 steps today okay well how many steps do you normally hit now 2,000 then don't go for 10 yeah, that is going to absolutely kill you yeah it's going to ruin you go for 4 go for 5 because you're already increasing your output significantly you know 10,000 steps is not some miracle thing like say and, you know go to the gym and then realistically trying to do 10 sets of 10 squats it's going to fucking ruin your Absolutely life trash you, yeah. and then you're not going to be able to walk <laughs> and then you'll train and this is the problem two you, weeks. you'll then see that someone has only trained once a week whereas actually they'd then be much better splitting that session up over three and having you know three sets of 10 that are really good and really strong yeah. rather than having to drop the weight and then being trashed afterwards and then not doing it again and then not enjoying it because you know this is as much as people want effective plans, it does have to still be something that you're willing to do consistently. Yeah. All good? Yeah. How long was that? I don't know. Three days? <laughs> Happy <laughs> New Year! 2021! <laughs> so just to sum up, number one, goal setting. Know what, why, when. Number two, get some leverage. Three, set up a sensible pace. Four, log it. Five, get some accountability. Six, seek some help if you need it. Seven, be patient slash realistic. Eight, make it enjoyable. Nine, get some support. Support network is always important. Whether it's your partner as well, just to add to that one. When people get like, oh, my husband gave me this, my wife gave me this, blah, blah, blah. Explain to them why, going back to goal setting, why it's just so important for you to make these changes. And they'll get on board with it. If they don't, fucking ditch them. Get or, rid of them. Or ditch them. Cool. Kill them, murder them. Chop them into tiny pieces. <laughs> Probably the Just don't eat them. I don't eat them. I definitely don't eat them. <laughs> and then 10 is exercise. Again, make it enjoyable. All the above counts. Or work with them to try to, to change their attitude to helping you. So the further you go into how much impact it's having on you, the more likely they are to help you. Try and make it nice and palatable for them. Try and coach them into how to coach you. Done? Yes. Okay. Depending on when you listen to this, we do have our January fat loss challenge group are ready to go on the 6th of January. If you listen to this after the 6th, then you missed out. But if not, get involved. Drop us a message. We'll send you the link. You can get involved. We've got training plans in there. We've got the virtual challenge in there. We've got cookbooks in there. We've got the fat loss blueprint. Uh, weekly check-ins. Check live training. Group support. All the above. Bosh. Get involved. Right, thank you very much for listening. Obviously, everyone who's left a review, like, subscribe, don't be shy.